0: Morning. How are you? Good. We are at our last video on the parenting and mentoring class. It's going to be awesome. So let's get right into it.
1: Here. We're going to talk about uh, just the priority of connection. And uh, the way we teach really is we tell a lot of stories. Have you noticed that? Yeah. The stories help embed that, that uh, tool into your brain, and, and for us it just helps illustrate um, what we're talking about. So uh, we're just going to talk, talk about prioritizing relationship over rules which are way more fun relationships are way more fun than a set of rules did you notice that so one of the things i wanted to just set this up with is have you noticed that uh we have a different generation now than i don't know i'm not going to my mama's church anymore you know my grandma's church it's a completely different church it's a different level of freedom that our kids have uh dropping them i remember dropping my boys off in at high school and just thinking, oh my gosh, get back in the car, get back in the car. You know, it's just scary out there, right? There's just so many options that they have. When my kids were little, my boys wanted to be the superhero in stories. You know, they wanted to be Batman, they wanted to be a Ninja Turtle, they wanted to be Peter Pan, the Power Ranger, all that stuff they watch on TV or in movies. And the other day, our granddaughter Delaney, who's six, she was watching The Lion King, which uh, she has to watch because her little sister likes it so you have to watch it over and over and over and over to be able to get to her movie she has to watch the little ones movie first right and she was watching the scene where if, if you've seen the movie the the hyenas get the wildebeest all stirred up and the wildebeest run through the canyon and they trample Mufasa the dad right ruining the story the movie if you haven't seen it yet So, so she's watching it and her response to this movie wasn't like, I want to be Simba in the movie. I want to be Nala, the the lion princess. She said, you know what, Mimi, if I were in that movie, I would have stood there and stretched out my arms and said, you cannot pass in Jesus' name. (laughs) I was like, wow, this generation, of believers think differently and they believe they're tapped into this all you know this supernatural God that that we all love and they have a different mindset I was looking at a toy magazine the other day and my kids had Hot Wheels you know cars well this was a whole set you could build on the wall like they have options I never thought let's you know what I don't want to have to pick up this mess of cars let's put it on the wall you know (laughs) they're just different this this generation and we're gonna have to figure out what we can give them right and one of the things that that I believe that we we need to give them is just the ability to protect their connections this as a parent as a leader this is what I get to hand this generation with all the options they have and all the freedoms that they have what i'm going to give them is the ability to tell themselves what to do that could be the biggest gift i could ever give someone right on a good day i can control me right and so i need this young person i i need this young person to grow into an adult that knows to te- how to tell themselves what to do and and to prioritize their connections because they you know i don't know if you've noticed lately but the ground hasn't opened up and swallowed anyone there hasn't been any locusts that have come lately you know and eaten the crops and lightning hasn't struck anyone when they've sinned at least that i have heard of lately right so we direct ourselves with the lord just through our connection with him and these are the chief uh, connections that we have in our life is our heavenly father and us husbands and wives You know, Danny and I spent years disconnected. We did not know how to connect. We didn't have the tools to to connect. We struggled in our marriage because we did not have this tool. And learning it is why we were so passionate about giving it away. You know, I've learned through uh, being disconnected. I don't want to live like that. I've learned how to manage this. As Danny talked about connections earlier, I'm managing this. And I know the second I've hurt him. Where we used to live, disconnected. So the goal really is to connect, protect that connection, um, nurture it, and then maintain it, so that you're not doing this all the time. So husbands and wives, parent to child, and then uh, of course sibling to sibling, and friend to friend. So Brittany and I are going to tell a story. It's it's uh... when she was. Um, Younger and I'll set it up by saying one day when she, Brittany was about 16 years old She came in the house and Danny was uh, Eating a sandwich having his lunch and she bopped in the house and through the kitchen and she said you know what daddy You're the first man. I ever fell in love with and She kept going and Danny choked on his sandwich a little bit and <laughs> And, and this, this is, this is your task, you dads, you know, your little, your daughter is looking at you and thinking, you're the man that I'm, when I look for someone, uh, no pressure, Um, this is, this is what the person that can handle a relationship with me when I fail, when I'm not myself, when I have hurt you when I'm scaring you how you are through that interaction interaction with me is what I'm going to duplicate I'm going to replicate replicate it later um, reproduce it in my life I'm going to bring that person in that reminds me of this this familiar thing and the reason why that story was such a big is such a big deal in that and that situation that happened with Brittany was because a year prior to that was a really rough time, probably, the one, probably the, one of the roughest times that we've ever gone through as a family. And we're not sure what happened that day. It was a bad day for Brittany, and we're not sure if she tipped sideways too far and her brain fell out, or <laughs> we weren't sure if she you know, got up on the wrong side of the bed. It was, my point is it wasn't a characteristic of her. It wasn't something, she wasn't normally like this this day. So uh, with that, I'll just let her tell you the story. Yeah, so um, the story is I'm 16 years old. And of course
2: I know everything, because I'm 16. And um, we had just moved from Weaverville, and so I think I was just struggling a lot with loneliness. And basically I found myself in an Internet chat room and a boy basically returning some affection in a form I hadn't had before. I never had a boyfriend before. And so here I am chatting away with this boy that it turned into phone calls late at night Um, then it turned into let's meet and the week before we met we were down in LA as a family and I told my cousin that I met this boy and I'm gonna go meet him and so he was the only person that knew what was going to happen that day so this happens I think it was the week of my mother's birthday happy birthday yeah it's horrible timing Um, so basically I go and I meet this boy But I tell my mom that I'm going to um, a costume party at another friend's house. So I have a reason to be gone all day. So I'm on this date. And how, for one, I didn't get spotted in Redding. I mean, Redding's not that big. Can't go to the grocery store without seeing somebody. So I don't know how I didn't get spotted. I was gone for eight hours um, with no contact with my parents. And so. Basically, at the end of this 8 hours, um, my mom, at some point, is trying to get a hold of me. She can't get a hold of me. She can't find me. She doesn't know what's going on. So she calls this friend's house where I'm supposed to be, and they say, you know, funny thing is Brittany never showed up today. Which, what does that do to any parent? Your heart sinks into the pit of your stomach, and every bad thought that you can have is happening, right? So, pretty much my mom had me cut up into a million pieces and in the Sacramento River at this point, which you should think that, because, I mean, she's just scared out of her mind. Um, and through this process of trying to figure out where I am, she remembers that my cousin knew where I was, or we had spent a lot of time together. So she probably politely threatened his life <laughs> and asked for information. And he fessed up to where I was and what I was doing, that I was meeting this boy that I met off the Internet and all he knew was it was at some park. And so my mom was unable to reach my dad at that time because he was up in Weaverville teaching class, and there was no cell phone reception. So she's had a good, quite a few hours to just be spinning on I don't know where my daughter is, I don't know what's happening to my daughter, I don't even know if she's alive. And I, on the other hand, am just full of myself and having a good old time. So, she gets a hold of Chris and Kathy because we just moved here, literally within like two months, and she tells them, you know, I don't know where she is, this is the license plate number, I don't know what to do, I, I, I just, I, I'm at a loss. And so Chris and Kathy, they pray, and um, the Lord showed them exactly where I was, and they went right to me. <laughs> Eight hours, been God. I mean, how many parks does Reading have? Even if you're only here for school ministry, I mean, there are a lot of parks. And they drove right to me. Um, And when they found me, here I am. It's dark now. It's probably, I think I probably left early afternoon, easy to early morning. And it's almost 9 o'clock at night. And I'm kissing some boy I just met. Um, And that's how Chris finds me and Kathy. They tell the boy to leave, Chris did. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Very nicely, Very I'm sure. Very nicely, I'm
2: sure, yeah. And um, so then Kirsten, and Kathy, they take me back home, and I remember that whole moment, I'm just gearing up for a fight, because, you know, I'm 16, I know everything, and I'm just ready to be punished. I'm just ready to be called out on, you know, I want freedom, and you're going to just try and take it away from me. So I'm gearing up for a fight inside, basically. So I remember coming inside. I remember I called my dad before we left the park, and through tears, he tells me, I was just describing to the police what you look like. And in that moment, I, I, there was some some pain of, oh, gosh, what did I do? But I couldn't go there because, again, I'm 16, and I know it all, so I'm going to be mad instead. So when we get to the house, Chris and Kathy are talking to my parents, and I'm in the living room. And Basically, everything I'm doing, waiting for My punishment to come is, I've got my boxing gloves on and I'm ready to go. Um, They come in and, you know, my mom and I are similar, and I know this now more than having my own kids, but scared to us sometimes looks like anger. It's happened. It has. It's it's happened. (laughs) So, you know, that's what I saw from her, is just anger. And my dad uh, definitely presented, you know, kind of a calm, whatever, probably in shock, I'm sure. But So here I am, my mom's mad, we're just going to butt heads in a minute, and my dad just takes over. They're asking me questions like, what were you doing, what were you thinking, what's going on, why would you do this? And I just spin into, you know, you have no idea the pressure I have being your kid come down here I'm Danny Silk's kid everybody knows everything about me I've been a PK all my life and everybody knows everything about me I'm constantly being compared to my friends their parents are saying why don't you be more like Brittany Brittany never gets in trouble for this that's the pressure I live with being your kid and I hate it this is what I tell my parents I said you know what I don't even know if I want to be a Christian anymore and in that moment, the, one, the clearest thing that I have that I remember is I walk into, you know, ready to fight. I state basically what I'm here to claim, is that I'm all done being a Christian. And the response that I get from my dad is him crawling across the floor, putting his face and his hands on my knees and saying, Britt, I will give it up today. I will quit my job being a pastor I will go back to being a social worker because my goal at, at the end of this is that you and your mom and your brothers are all on the other side that's all that I care about if it's too much pressure for you for me being a pastor I will stop today what he's willing to sacrifice for me was what I remember what is willing to give up. And I'm still in this place of, I'm, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to show them that that's going to affect my heart. But the truth is, it really did. So even in this state of being mad and frustrated, I tell him, don't quit your job. You know, I'm pregnant sometimes, right?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does that mean?
3: <laughs>
2: not going to happen. So I tell him, don't quit your job. It's whatever, you know. And I just put on this front of whatever, basically. Lived in this place of whatever. And I remember um, going to my room. The next day was church. Of course it was. Praise (laughs) Jesus, right? So they go to church. I'm at home. I'm watching a movie, some chick flick. And I remember halfway through it, my dad comes home. And my first thought is, oh, you come to check on me and make sure I didn't run away, basically? And I said, what are you doing home? And he said, I just couldn't be away from you anymore today and he he just wanted to be close to me he's trying to communicate in every way he can to draw me closer than keeping that distance so basically one of the crazy things this is where I most parents lift their eyebrows in pure shock is my parents let me date this boy there they go (laughs) (laughs) and um, I did I I wasn't yeah (laughs) and dating this boy looked like dating him in my house let me just tell you I mean that was the extent of us dating but still I was given the freedom to date this boy and um, which just it was just all part of this process of them sharing control and, and hearing my needs and just trying to figure out how do we stay connected through this and I've heard my mom describe it as they were afraid that I was gonna want this boy like you want candy you know, you take it away, I'm just going to want it more. So here, you know, in this is your our boundaries. This is what we can handle. And you can have it right here. You know, and so that's what it looked like. So I dated this boy for four months, and the good part of the story, which I'm going to wrap up, you won't hear all of the good part of the story. But basically, um, I had Ben, that guy that you see up there. He's my husband. He's not the guy I met on the internet. <laughs> so. Basically, um, I had an encounter with the Lord um, when Ben came to town the same time while I was dating this boy, and the Lord just um, broke into my heart and just um, reminded me of who I was you know because when you're blinded by whether it's fear or loneliness or pressure that you've even put on yourself, you lose who you are. So that's basically what happened to me in that moment. but I had an encounter with the Lord and Ben so timely had to be was there, and he's referred to as my knight in shining armor. And, I thought he was our knight. Oh, right. oh, okay, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: and uh, so, end of the story is that I think within a, Ben being there three days, I dumped my boyfriend, and Ben and I started dating. And we got married, and we have two and almost three kids. So that's our story.
1: It's <laughs> a great story. Just a little uh, recap from the parents' angle. Um, you know, let, let me just say that when, when you're scared, you're not yourself. I, I don't, have you ever been seen a movie clip or been around anyone that thinks they're drowning? I remember as a, a child I was out in the, the lake with my cousin and we were, we were standing up in, in you know, waist-high water and all of a sudden we, we went back too far and there was a cliff and we were all of a sudden we fell off where we could stand we could both swim but we panicked and we were freaking out and she's pushing me under she's pushing me under get up on the shelf and then i'm pulling her back and and we my uncle had to jump in and save us and we could both swim because fear shocks you and you're not yourself you can't think and and because anger tends to be my emotion of choice like I grew up with six brothers and it was survival for me so hello my name is Sherry Silk and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a rageaholic you know that that's the skill set that I had coming into uh, my marriage and then with kids having kids and so I kinda default to this this anger oh you hurt me I'm angry Oh, I'm, I'm scared I'm angry you know that's that that's the thing I have to push away all the time and it's so devastating anger let me just say as a sort of an expert on what not to do anger is fake power it makes you feel powerful it makes you feel like you um, it'll push you through boundaries you'll set limits when there's when there's anger um, instead of just working through a situation so a a lot of the when I had like eight hours Britney was missing Danny didn't know any of that cuz he was out of cell phone land right so I had eight hours of a missing child before Danny got home so I was mad and then for her to come home and she's mad at us whatever what is that I don't know you know they just it but all I could do is try not to say anything and it, and it didn't completely work because I eat stuff out, you know, even, <laughs> even, so, even so you're trying, you know. But th- just just a, just a, a tool is if, if you tend to be sort of more of an aggressive personality or a verbal processor or, you know, just all those things, just, just think, am I going to want to clean up the mess that I'm going to make right now with my words? Or can I just be quiet and get my thoughts in order Mm -hmm. and Danny handled Danny handled the whole thing he 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 really um, emphasized that the relationship with you is way more than anything I could ever do for a living more than where we live what I do for a job what any of the stuff at that moment you're the most important thing you're the, the priority in our life and so we We just went to work at, you know, I was afraid. I didn't want to give her her life back, you know. It's it's like, okay, you hurt me, and I can't control you from hurting me, so I'm going to make your life about this big and stick it in my back pocket. Give me your keys, your phone, your life, your everything, your bank cards, your, you know, that's what you want to do, right? But she had to go to school, and she had to work, and, and this, you know, I don't know about you, but you could tell yourself all day, um, when you're on a diet, I'm not gonna eat chocolate. I'm not gonna eat chocolate And then all of a sudden you're eating the kids school snacks, you know, you're eating six kids school snacks, you know that's why we decided like let us let her figure this out with us Having access to her at the same time. So It's a big deal. These were some of the challenge points and this is a challenge point with teenagers. I believe is um, you know, she mentioned it: uh, teen loneliness and peer pressure. It's crazy out there. What's available? I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, I, I'm shocked when I get on the internet what these kids have available to them at their fingertips, and, um, and then, and then loneliness. It's funny that kids try. We all want to be individuals. I want to be an individual. I want to be my own person. And then they all shave their head and you know or whatever they're all wearing the exact same clothes or they're trying to be an individual in the world that that you know it just makes it hard for them so it's it's, it's a challenge and then um, there's really there's two main ways people punish one is with anger and the other is withdraw withdrawing you know I I, I was raised in a home where my dad one time one time he didn't speak to me for two weeks two weeks he would talk to me he'd say Norma tell Sherry to pass the salt I'd be I'm right here you know ask me he just wouldn't speak to me he was mad at me about something I did he would just withdraw, and and he was he was verbally angry as well but there's ways that we punish there's ways that we handle our fears and anxiety in relationship and these are all points of disconnection these all cause a disconnect and that is not the goal and maybe we still have to work through the issue maybe we still have to figure out what to do about loneliness or teen pressures or we still have to figure out why uh, i'm afraid but the best time to do that is when we're connected not when we're disconnected there's a lot of personal pressure just yeah i mean the
2: personal pressure that i put on myself is being Annie Silk's daughter. Realistically, that pressure I took on as my own. It was a lie that I chose to believe, and I had a weak moment where, you know, I let somebody's uh, uh, words determine my life instead of believing who I am and what I've always been reinforced through my parents and through the Lord. So, personal peer pressure is something that we put on ourselves, and it's such an easy thing to do as a teenager because you're surrounded by people that are your teachers unintentionally are giving you pressure your parents might even but you the child does it to themselves and how you help them um, find that clarity of no you know you are who you're created to be and I don't want you to be anybody else but what happens is so many kids get trapped up in this lie of, you know everybody wants me to every everything else so I just can't do any of it and so I'm just gonna you know dye my hair black and pierce my forehead, or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So peer pressure is, it's just this, and the personal pressure that happens is is really just a lie that happens with your kids. Is they believe this lie, and um, how that started to happen, I believe is part of disconnect. Is as there's a crack, there's an opening where Satan can just go in and plant a seed. And that disconnect started to happen even way back in Weaverville, before we had even moved, just by knowing we were moving and couldn't tell anybody. I just started to just let opportunities of this personal pressure of my
1: life and my situation take over what I believe to be true. And there's a lot of outside pressure. How many of you parent different than your friend parents their kid? Do you, ha- do you happen to have different children than them? Yes. I always say, what's the best diet? The one that works, right? What's the way to parent the one that works with your kid? I mean, I have three kids; they're completely different. I have to. I could look at Taylor, and he'd be like, "What?" You know, he doesn't like to be in trouble. Brittany'd stare me down. You know, just that they need different interactions. And then, you know, maybe, maybe we've lived a very public life. People know us; they think they know who we are, and it's it adds pressure to the kids. But I grew up in a little teeny town. I mean, Weaverville has 3,500 people in it. I mean, you could, you could start a rumor at one end of town, drive to the other end of town as fast as you could, and they'd already started talking about it down there, you know? And so there was, there's, there's this other pressure that we have by other... There's parents thinking that you shouldn't do that with your kid or, or whatever. The whole, the whole TV show, I mean, do you let your kids watch uh, Harry Potter or read the Harry Potter books or... What about Hannah Montana or it's like you know what disney whoever it's just i don't i don't want to jump into your family and make that decision for you there's so many gray areas now that you're we have to realize this is my kid i'm going to figure out how to deal with my kid and i although i care about people i can't care about what they all think You know, if my kids have made mistakes and it becomes public, we've had people say, oh, I'm not going to listen to their parenting stuff because their kid made a mistake. (laughs) Well, hang on, baby, because nobody has perfect kids. God doesn't have perfect kids. He's the best daddy ever, and he doesn't have perfect kids, right? so give yourself a break and then just overwhelming fear we just we talked about it. we just we're so afraid I, I i mean as a mom i remember so many times i would have some crazy dream one time brittany and i played poo sticks you know where poo sticks are you get on a bridge and you each drop a stick and then you run to the other side of the bridge and see whose stick came out fastest with the water current i remember i was pregnant when we played poo sticks when, when she was a little girl and that night I had a dream that she uh, fell off the bridge and I'm pregnant, can't jump in after, so I'm running down the diesel horse bridge, you know, down here in Ready. I'm running, screaming at somebody to save my kid and I'm waking up in a panic and Danny's like, you have the craziest dreams. I'm like, I know. And that day, that eight hour period that Brittany was missing, no one was there to stop me that day. You know, like your mind gets going. No one was there. I had dr- adrenaline like, dripping out my pores. My little boys didn't even know what was wrong. They're sitting Indian style, praying like Lou Engle. Oh, Jesus. You know, something's wrong with mom. You know, uh, let's hold hands and pray, you know. I, I, I had no car, nothing. I couldn't go look for her. I was scared out in my mind. And when we're afraid, we just... Get overwhelmed and we just need to somehow let somebody in that was another thing is letting people know that love us and care about us that we need um, help we need prayer we need something it's okay to tell your friends that you're struggling us parents need to stick together and then the whole idea of of freedom can your kid have freedom after they fail I'm pretty sure we do and it's just scary, but it's, it's a process that we, we have to go through and, and uh, reconnect, share your heart, I'm scared, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you your keys back, <gasps> you know, like here's my heart, don't drop it, you know, don't crush me, don't hurt me, but you might as well love like you're going to get hurt, because you are, and if you're not going to get hurt, you're probably your heart's probably not completely open and that's what parenting is all about is just I'm just gonna lay it out there and it's quite possible that this little teeny person that I brought into the world could hurt me more than anybody else on the planet but I'm gonna love them big and uh, there is freedom after failure so what is the strength of your connection
2: yeah the strength of your connection what is it that you have invested into your kids I mean what is the deposit that you've made? Is the strength of your connection as strong as a tissue? I mean does, can it withstand a mighty blow? Or do you have something that's worth a little bit more that can handle a little bit more pull or tug and weight? What if it's a belt? A leather strap? What do you have? What's your connection? How frail or how strong is your connection with your kids? What it comes down to, what do you have invested in them? What is it that you're pouring into them that communicates, I love you very much. I am a safe place for you to fail. What is it that your kids hear when it comes down to what your connection looks like? I remember through this whole process and this story, and I remember my mom and I just were disconnected at, at that point of, you know, we do angry well remember and I remember her the next day after this all kind of came out or within that first week she brought me in five white roses just to communicate that she I mean at that time I just thought they were pretty white roses but I knew what they stood for later and that was just to remind me of my purity and what I'm called to be and who I really am and then because you all heard I'm, I'm a gifts love language To keep that connection alive to keep that communication of you are worth the connection and I am going to invest in you I remember they remodeled my room to help me feel more settled in this new home in this foreign environment that I was put in what you have invested what you've deposited in this bank account called your relationship with your kid when it comes to make a withdrawal can it handle it Because if you go to make a withdrawal that's going to cost you a hundred bucks and you only got five in there, you're in the negative. And that could end in a mess, like she said. So knowing what your connection is, knowing what your investment is in that relationship is crucial. It really is crucial, especially with teenagers. Because there are hard ones to read. You know, teenagers, toddlers, they both throw tantrums. But knowing where your connection is, when you feel like they're lying about something and what you have to pull on their heart is a really important tool for a parent to know and to be investing in your child so knowing the strength of your connection is huge so again i ask you what is the strength is it a tissue or is it a leather strap that can handle it
1: and yeah, you know that the, the connection if you look at it or kind of like a, a kite string and a, kites in the air and the wind is blowing and that kites blowing all over and all you got all you got is a string you're holding on and that your teenager is the kite you know you're like whoa watch out for the tree Ah, well this connection is it what's it made of is it something you can really hang on to is it is it like the the, the fishing line that they Fish with sharks for or whatever, or or is it just a, a flimsy little string? What is that connection, and what what could possibly be more important than uh, that connection? I remember one time uh, Levi, our son, middle child, does not like school. And um, how many of you can re- relate to having children that don't like school? He just he didn't learn well in that setting and he would go there and it was painful for him every day was a painful time for him and he would come home with homework and you know and i'm one of those parents who would be like i don't i don't want you to send homework home i you've had my kid for five hours go ahead and do all that schoolwork there if there's any teaching teachers in the room please forgive me i believe in you teachers i just think I want my kid, when he gets home, and they, the teachers have to live with all kinds of rules by the state of California and on and on, that they have to teach so many hours of this and that. I know all of that's happening. But Levi would come home with this homework, and, and he would be so distracted from doing it. He had to remove him from all other, There's can't be TV, no distractions, right? I'm almost holding his pencil. I mean, that's, he's just like, you know, just trying. When Levi graduated from high school, I'm like, yes! I got a diploma. I mean, Levi, good job. Awesome, you made it. You just and he would come home with these this homework, and I'd think, I don't know how to do this algebra. I don't know how to do this stuff either, you know. And we would just lay on my bed with this stuff, this homework, these books and papers and pencils, and and I, and he would just be so not wanting to do it. And I would lay my hands on top of. The books and say look at me son just look in mom's eyes I don't care about this stuff I don't care about this homework I don't care about that test I don't care about your grade I don't care about any of that I care about you and if you and I can stay connected through this whole thing we're gonna be all right you know in the in the in the middle of the biggest mistake the, the whole story of the prodigal son this kid's making the worst mistake of his life and the father is looking for him in that story in luke it's the only place in the in the bible where you see a picture of the father running is that story and where do you want the father to be when you're failing you want him right next to you and as a parent when your kid is struggling when they're failing where do you want to be you want to be right next to him and the only way you can get up next to him is if you're connected to them because if you're not connected they won't receive it and it's just it's just priority over everything else over any rule over television over homework over friends over all of it over the spilt milk or the whatever is going on in your house your relationship with that child is way more important than any of those things it's not that you can't deal with it or you have to not uh, address it or, or deal with a problem, but, but priority. the connection is the biggest priority. The biggest problem that you have right then is any disconnect that you're having. This scripture, Psalm, Psalm 32, 8 through 9, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye, and do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and a bridle, or they will not come near you. The Lord's saying hey look in my eyes what I should be able to look in his eyes and feel know how he feels about me not the evil eye but the the loving eye of the Father he's he's directing us we should be so connected to him that we know the second that we've heard him I know the second that I've I've heard the Lord I mean that's the goal not always if I'm disconnected or I'm not paying attention then I'm not. He's not able to look in my eye, and I need a rule. See, I need a rule if I can't do it with just connection, and and love is way better than rules. I'm going to show you this video. Um, it's it's a it's a gal. Her name's Stacy Westfall. She's actually uh, a trainer of horses, and she's she's coming into this arena, and she's riding her horse, and there's no. There's no bit, there's no bridle, there's no saddle. And she does this whole performance uh, with little teeny pressures and movements and commands. There's no whip, there's no bit, there's no rule. It's just relationship. Her and her horse and her little movements as she moves him about the arena. So watch this video.
4: This will be draw three exhibitor number thirty three fifty three Wizards baby doll owned by Greg Gessner of Strasburg, Ohio. Stacy Westfall will be riding. Stacy Westfall and Wizards baby doll. Stacy would like to dedicate this ride to her dad, who went to live in heaven just twenty four days ago. Thanks for teaching me to keep trying new things. Stacy Westfall. He said I was in my early forties, with a lot of life before me, and a moment came that stopped me on the dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays. Talking about the options and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it sank in that this might really be the real end. How's it get you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do? He said...
1: great video. You know, uh, I, have, I drive this really fancy car, and uh, I hate getting gas. It's one of the things I, I hate doing. In fact, I've timed, I, I think, if I drive a little bit slower, I can make it till Danny gets home, and I can tell him that he needs to go to the store so he can <laughs> go get gas in my car. That's how much I hate getting gas. But I have this little uh, bell that comes on and goes, ding, your fuel is low. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Push the little button and it'll go back to showing me how many miles I've driven and how fast I'm going, right? And then pretty soon as it goes, your fuel is low. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then then it comes on and it says, dangerously low or something. And then it, it won't go away. It won't let me push the button, it won't let me change. It's like, hey, woman, (laughs) silly woman driving this car, your your fancy car is going to be on the side of the road any minute and that someone's gonna have to, you're gonna be paying 70 bucks for a tow truck to come laugh at you and tell his wife later about this silly woman that ran her Cadillac out of gas. Where's your love tank? Is the light on? is there is is the fuel low because this is the this is it right here this this woman on this horse she's she's whispering she's saying hey giving him in little instructions she's moving him by little bits of pressure on this side of, on his sides she's she's getting a horse going from standing there into a full gallop back to just slowing down with she, there's no there's no rule it's all love it's all connection and this is what the Lord does with us. This is the goal right here. If I can pass this off to my kid. Like, could you tell yourself what to do? Because I can't do it. And I can, I can try and do it with some rules. Because rules are good. They work for a little while. But really, I'd really like you to, to not hurt me because you love me and my connection. And that's what the Lord's saying to us. And so I, we're just going to leave you with this uh, this thought is is that you got to fill up your love account. You got to fill it up. It's the, it's it's priority. It's the thing that's most important uh, above any any problem in life. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. So let's
0: That was a longer one, and, uh, but here's what I want to tell you is she just um, defined something that I think is so very important, and for eight years at Boomerang, one of the things that's been one of the biggest parts of Nicole and I's heart is, is that connection, the importance of connection, and the truth of the matter is I don't care who you are, what you've done. We don't care what you've done wrong what you've done right we just feel connected to you guys and we love you and it doesn't matter what you do from this point forward whether it hurts us whether it doesn't whether it you know uh, kicks us whether it lifts us up we don't care we love you and that's the connection that God has for each one of us and that feels good doesn't it and when you know that all of a sudden you realize we can get through whatever comes up Well, as much as that feels good to hear us, and that's really our heart. uh, There's times where we have communicated that well, and there's times where we haven't communicated that well, even to you and definitely to our kids. But that's our heart the whole time. It's like, I don't care what you do. I don't care if I'm upset at you. We're going to get through this. Amen? And that feels good uh, to not only know that, but it's good when other people know that and when your kids know that and as much as it is for you to know like from us as pastors of this church that that feels good it feels good for your kids to know it too to not feel like oh, that no, they're they're going to they're going to mess me up now because i did wrong you know they they're going to they're going to they're gonna be mad at me forever but a lot of times we put that off as parents i know we've put that off as pastors and, and you know we all grow and we learn But we've got to get to the place where we realize we're going to make it through this. We're going to, doesn't matter if it's good times, bad times, stuff's going great, stuff's going wrong, you know, we're going to make it through this. And your kids need to know that too, that that connection is always going to be there. And that's what today was about, I believe. Amen? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for being able to connect with our children, to connect with people that we are connected to and to maintain that connection, not just burn bridges, not just throw stuff away. No matter what the devil comes in and tries to do and tries to say and slander and bring in lies and all kinds of junk and families and relationships, no matter what he's up to, God's love is bigger than that. And we're going to make it through this. And we just praise you for it. We thank you for it. We're going to make it through the good times, the bad times. And we're going to come out the other side victorious, triumphant, overcomers in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we are going to present that to our children. We're going to present that in our relationships. We're not going to be the ones burning bridges. We're going to be the ones building them on the love of Christ. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we'll.